Welcome in episode 87. What's right with Nick Wright, the podcast live on YouTube right now. You can also download us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere. If you want to just listen to the show, watching the show, though, has some added benefits because we have a great production staff, the leader of which Blue Duck Media is here in New York on what I take to be a, a trip he's, you know, expensing, but I think it's to see Adam Sandler. So I, I don't really know. Maybe I wasn't supposed to say that, but, you know, it's such as life. Gabe Goodwin's here. Demonte's squinting. You know, listen, there's one rule with me when it comes to things. If you don't want something on the air, it's like going off the record with a New York Times journalist. You have to say before you say anything, we're going off the record and you have to get consent. You can't just be like, blah, 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 blah. I said all this. Oh, by the way, don't say that on the show. Nah, you never know. We're always here at service of the audience. We have a ton to do today. Today is a massive day. I get to work with my son in the morning and then see my other son in the evening as my <laughs> large adult Slovenian son is here in New York City playing the Brooklyn Nets. We will get to that also today, the debut of the What's Right Book Club. Do you have your copy with you today, buddy? I, I sure do. You do? I have it. Well done, sir. So we will discuss the first edition of the What's Right Book Club. Uh, Gabe is standing there looking at the book, A Little History of the World. By the Given the look on his face, Gabe has not yet started his copy. He hasn't <laughs> started reading it. But let's discuss what's not making the show today. What is not on the show today is the following. Kareem Hunt's trade rumors swirling as the Browns realize their season's done. They're not going to bring him back next year. Mac Jones inexplicably back as the starter for the Patriots. And evidently that show, that Star Wars cartoon that ripped off my likeness, uh, made it, it came out this week. Freddie Prince Jr. That name means nothing to you, Demonze, but to the listeners and viewers my age, they know exactly who he is. Freddie Prince Jr. tweeted to me saying he thinks I have a legitimate lawsuit against Disney and he has a great entertainment lawyer. Shout out, Freddie Prince. We appreciate that. Hey, All right. Man. I mean, that, listen, I mean, that's me. That's, <laughs> me, mean, that's me next to Sam Jackson in Star Wars. I'm getting zero dollars. Disney, final offer before I get the lawyers involved. Give me an audition for a role in the next live-action Star Wars movie. That's all I ask. You give me that, and I'll sign a little release saying you can use my likeness. You don't have to give me a role, just an audition. You do that, I give you the release. If not, we're going to have uh, a big uh, Boyce, Schiller, and whomever, whatever firm my sister Problems. works for. It's going to be big problem. <laughs> All right. Demonze, what are we starting with? Starting with Nets Bucks. Yeah. Nets were awesome for the first half last night, but then Giannis took over and Nash managed to get ejected. Yeah. The Bucks are undefeated and Giannis has scored damn near 90 points in his last two games. Yeah. It's 87, which is his career high over two over games. Two. I was surprised by that because he scored 50 in the finals, but the game he before that, like he only scored 32. Like yeah, right. exactly right. All right, go ahead. Uh, meanwhile, Ben Simmons still won't shoot, and Kyrie's pissed when when people are asking about him. Yeah, about it. Uh, last night, more about the Nets or the Bucks? Oh, I think it's more about the Nets, but we're going to start with the Bucks here just for a moment. The, I think somehow Giannis is still underrated. I think there is still a failure to understand that when it comes to playing winning basketball, he is an A-triple-plus. Being a good teammate, he is an A-triple-plus. Being an 
excellent lead by example guy, he is an A triple plus. Being able to score at will efficiently at high enough levels to win the scoring title if you played enough minutes, he's an A plus. And defensively, he's an A triple plus. There is nothing on the court he doesn't do exceptionally well, except for shoot jump shots. And because of that, and he can kind of do that. And, and but also because of that, he just doesn't shoot a lot of them. Right. And the reason, theoretically, not having a reliable jump shot could be damaging is well, then guys can defend you differently. And but they can't. Right. They can't stop him. That. The Nets were up by 11 early in the third quarter. Or I'm sorry, up by 12. From that moment forward, Giannis was 12 of 12 from the field. He had 34 second half points on 13 of 15 shooting. He's They don't have Chris Middleton yet. I don't love the roster as a whole. They're the only undefeated team in the league because of him. So I it's the... We talk so much about bags and hezzy jimbos and all this nonsense. That's fun to look at, but what wins? What matters in this league? Giannis has all of it. Every single thing you would want. And it he is going to finish his career as one of the 10 greatest players ever. So mm-hmm. a few episodes we ask about that MVP race. His- is, yeah. that, is, is it looking like Giannis? Well, right I, I don't even, even by goofy sports media stuff, I think a week and a half in is too early to talk MVP. But like he was his player of the week or something like that, Tatum, sure. But it's too early for that. Tatum, your guy Tatum's been awesome. Yeah. John Morant's been awesome. Luka's been awesome, but the team's not winning. And so Luka nets tonight, now to the nets. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I hate that phrase. I don't know why I just used it. But. Um, but let me read you a tweet I sent last night, mid third quarter when the Nets were ahead. The Nets played really smart, connected, high intensity basketball for the first half. Then Giannis started attacking. They got a few tough whistles and now they're just going to fold up shop. Same old hashtag next year. Nets. I think from that moment forward, Milwaukee went on like a, 38 to 15 run. Maybe 38, 19. The Nets cannot be bothered to try for a full 48 minutes. It's like they're above it. And there is part of me that feels for Kevin Durant. Yeah. He didn't want to be there. He knew this team was broken. He tried to get out. He played his hand. It, you know, the owner called evidently what was a bluff, and now he's stuck. That makes me feel badly for him. Here's the other thing that makes me feel badly for him. And I this is what I tweeted last year after a Nets-Bucks game, and Katie got all upset, upset about it and, you know, said that I, I don't know what he called me, but... A peasant? A peasant. And when he called himself, when I said, Katie is destined to life as number two, like, KD had to, if he's being honest, at the end of that game, say, well, moving forward, there won't be a day of my life I'm better than Giannis. Which means, as great as he is, one of the 15 best players of the last 50 years 
is going to go his entire basketball career without ever being the best player in the world. It seems like it it seems like he deserves better, but it's just true. And I know some people might say, what about 2017, his first year with the Warriors? He was better than Steph in those finals. He was better than LeBron in those finals. He in that series, he was better. However, the two years surrounding it, in 16, Steph and LeBron were on a totally different plane than Durant. And the next year was, I believe, one could argue, LeBron's single greatest season. So was Durant the best player in the world for a couple months? I, some people would say yes. I would say if LeBron was better than him in 16, better than him in 18, he was probably better than him in 17 as well. He was just on the best team ever, you know, put together, he being KD. It's just the Nets have no outs other than firing the coach, but that won't fix the roster. And Ben Simmons, I know he's rusty, but he appears to be a broken player. And so I I think they are, it, the Lakers who we're going to get to are horrible offensively and 0-4. The Nets, who we just talked about, are horrible defensively, even though they played decent defense last night, and one and three. Both teams have two star players and then a mismatched rest of the roster. They're a lot more similar than people think. Next. All right. The Lakers are not looking too hot. They're one of three teams who have yet to get a win. Yeah. You always have a lot of trash talk to say on the Joker, but he easily outplayed LeBron. You're a poker player. Since when does a joker beat a king? Well, a joker always beats a king. A joker can be literally any card in the deck. So I don't know who wrote that for you, but... It's uh, a setup. Joker always beats the king. Go ahead. Okay, I was kind of thinking that. Yeah. Um, but are the Lakers at risk of being the first 0-82 Okay, team? no, they're not going to be 0-82, but they are terrible. And let me talk about Joker for a moment. He was great last night. He put up the type of game I thought LeBron was going to. I thought... Because Russ wasn't playing, LeBron was going to have a vintage LeBron game to show Lakers management, look. Get some pieces around. Get some pieces. LeBron wasn't very good. In fact, it was his worst game of the year by a decent margin. And a ton of turnovers, couldn't hit a shot. He just flatly wasn't good. Joker, on the other hand, was sensational. So I give him credit. Uh, And I'm not, what did you say? I'm always talking trash on the Joker. Maybe a little bit. I'm just offended that a guy who's the seventh or eighth best player in the league, back-to-back won MVPs over Giannis, over Chris Paul, over guys who were clearly better and led to more winning than he did. That's all. Uh, And this year, by the way, we're going to see it because now they do have all the pieces and the Nuggets, once again, will be a good but not great team. And so... But I give him credit last night. Last night, Joker was absolutely sensational. He was better than LeBron last night. He was the best player on the court last night. And, you know, that's a great win for the Nets. And the Lakers, yes, eventually they're going to trade Russ. My concern going into the year, when they do it, will it be too late? Because it can get late early out in the Western Conference. And they are not just one shooter away, obviously. Like, Buddy Heald doesn't just come in and fix all their problems. I'm not acting like he does. But anything the Lakers do until they trade Russ is kind of meaningless other than dig themselves bigger holes. 
So what they have is at Minnesota, then home for Denver, then home for New Orleans. We'll see how healthy they are. Then home Utah, home Cleveland, at Utah, at the Clippers. Could the Lakers be 2-8 and eight to start the year? Absolutely. And could that make it to where their absolute best-case scenario is the play-in? Yes. Right now, do they look like, even with the rust trade, they're a playoff team? No. It's a terribly built roster. AD's played fine, but hasn't, again, been like, oh, my God, there's the guy we thought we were going to get after the championship. And LeBron's in year 20. It's remarkable that in year 20, he's still, I believe, a top 10 player, but he's a hell of a lot closer to 10 than to 1. And it can be the best year 20 in NBA history by a mile and still not anywhere near good enough to carry this team anywhere that matters. It sucks. Lakers are an uninteresting, bad basketball team right now. And that was without Russ playing. Next. Well, all right. The four and three Ravens take on a struggling Brady and the Bucks tonight. You said the Bucks are the Broncos or just like the Broncos with a better uh with better public better PR. relations. Yeah, public relations. We love public yeah. relations. You've also criticized Lamar for not growing as a passer. Are both of these teams being held back by their quarterbacks? Well, that's a very interesting way to put it. So Lamar needs to be better. Lamar hasn't played well in a month. Is he holding them back? No. Is he preventing them right now? For Like, without Lamar, that team is trash. Yeah. So, so the not all, but the vast majority of their success is thanks to two people, two players, Lamar and Justin Tucker, right? However, if they want to be a real contender, he's got to be better. Yeah, he flatly has to be the Lamar we saw the first few weeks of the season when we said there he's the leading MVP candidate after three weeks. The Patriots, I'm sorry, the Patriots, the Bucks are in a very similar position in this regard. On offense, they their offensive line injuries up front have ruined their ability to have a deep downfield passing game and run the football. Okay. So that's not on Brady. However, the defense has been sensational. And Brady is having one of the worst starts to a season of his career. So it's... Bill James used to say, he's a great baseball guy, bad teams have an amazing ability to blame their best players for their biggest problems. Meaning when a team is bad, Instead of being like, we're bad because we have all these bad players, they look at their best player and say, why don't you do more? Why why don't you do more? There is an element to blaming Brady or Lamar for the Bucs and Ravens problems. That is that. They have a lot of other issues. The Ravens still haven't been able to build a secondary. Uh, Their running game is not what you would think would be outside of Lamar. They haven't spent money on receiver. The the Bucs had all these offensive line injuries. They have the worst running attack in football. Those things. Those things are not on the quarterback. However, those quarterbacks, one is considered the greatest player ever. The other won an MVP in year two and is on a Hall of Fame trajectory very early, but a Hall of Fame trajectory. If they, those other problems are not going to get 
fixed. So in order for them to be contender-ish teams, they are going to need those guys, those players to step up. And I don't know if Brady still can. I know Lamar still can, but he's got to get out of this rut. By the way, I mentioned earlier the great Gabe Goodwin's here, who's a professional Tom Brady hater. Gabe, I have some. T- I had a vision like Viserys in his dreams. You coming up here? Okay, yeah, but Gabe's right there. There is this world that exists where the Tampa Bay Bucks go nine and eight, or even eight and nine, and win that division, and they're the four seed. Because you get that as the division winner. And right now, the likely five seed is the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. And it's the four seed. You're likely, if you win, assuming, because I'm going to say something else, I would imagine there's a real good chance that the Niners or the Niners and the Rams are going to be the three six. I think if the road team wins that the six seed, they then go to Philadelphia. Okay. And there is a real world that exists where Tom Brady's path to the NFC championship game goes home for Daniel Jones at Kirk cousins. And then an NFC championship game back at home against Jimmy Garoppolo. To get to the Super Bowl. That is, Gabe, I just want you to emotionally prepare yourself for Brady to be having his worst season ever. And then we see the playoff bracket and we say, wait, are the nine and eight bucks going to be hosting Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC title game after beating Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins to get there? (laughs) That is in play. It is 100% in play, and I need Gabe to be ready for it because he might he might not be able to handle it uh, if Brady gets to his 11th Super Bowl and it's by beating Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Daniel Jones. <laughs> I think it's in play. I also think, by the way, I mean, you know before the year, I had Chiefs Niners in the Super Bowl. There is something, though, poetic if it's Chiefs Bucks again and Mahomes gets even on him. Yeah. And that's what sends Brady into retirement. Bonus take for our friend Gabe. I do not think Brady's retiring after this year. Oh, you're you do? Oh, I don't th- I think he's definitely not retiring. I think he's going to go next year and play for a really good team. I think that's what's gonna happen. I think especially if he's actually getting divorced or has gotten divorced, I I think he I think Brady's going to play at least another year. I can I'm, see it. I'm putting both those takes out there, and poor Gabe, Gabe's going to live in a world where the Jets go 11 and six, and somehow in the first round of the playoffs are in Kansas City and get beaten by 38 points, and Brady. Goes nine and eight, and in the first round of the playoffs, gets Daniel Jones at home. All right, next. We got, don't want to leave the fans out. We've got polls, but I don't oh. have the updated document, guys. Okay. Uh, how do no, you? No, no, I, no, no. The Wi Fi. It's not. It's, okay. It's yeah. working for me, so don't worry about it. I've got the updated document. 
Uh, the sorry, I for I forgot the polls were there. Will the Lakers get a win anytime soon? The, the poll answer was no, fifty five percent. And are the Bucks and Ravens being held back by their quarterback? The no was eighty percent. All right, next. All right, the NFL trade deadline is on Tuesday. Several teams are in make it or break weeks. Yeah. The Eagles traded for Robert Quinn to kick off their trade season. By the way, real quick, don't lose your spot. I'm so frustrated the Chiefs didn't make that trade. Fourth round pick with the Bears paying his salary. for I, I understand the Chiefs want to get their young Carlaftis on the field. One of their big, you know, one of the reasons the Chiefs are the Chiefs is early in seasons, they play their young players. They don't stack veterans ahead of them. That way they can develop. Right. But God dog it, I would have liked George or Robert Quinn for a fourth-round pick. Go ahead. With wins, teams will write their seasons and make a push. With losses, they will be sellers and counting down to the end of the season. Yeah. If the Packers and Rams lose, should they start looking to next year and be sellers at the deadline? And if your Jags win, should they go all in? It? All right, no, this is no, no, no to no, all no, three. No. The no. Packers and Rams can't be sellers. The Packers can't be sellers because they only have a year or two left of Aaron Rodgers. The Rams can't be sellers because they've they they've already spent all their draft capital. They need to be trying to win right now. Right. And that division's so winnable. So that wouldn't make sense. Uh, and the Jags absolutely should not go all in. The Jags need to take a long-term view of this, 100%. not try to steal the AFC South or the final wild card spot this year. So that's it. Listen, I do think there will be some more moves, and I do think it's possible the Chiefs get involved in something. I would have liked Robert Quinn. All right. We are live on YouTube. Keep adding your questions and comments to the chat. We'll answer those in the C block. This was the A block, by the way. Coming up next, I, I know Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal do this parent corner thing uh, weekly on the pod. I don't, the, my version of parent corner is, I guess, doing the show with my son. I am going, I, I need to talk about a parenting thing that is impacting my life right now. It has nothing to do with the Monze. We will do that. Then we'll talk a little, we've got a game to play, talk a little Luca, and then in the C block, not only do we answer your questions, but our update of the What's Right Book Club, which I stole that idea from Bamani Jones. He gave me permission to do it. All that's coming up next. Quick 60-second break right back. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I 
or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Right, We're going to get to, we're live on YouTube, by the way, right now. You can drop your questions or comments in the chat. Uh, I need, I want to spend a few minutes here before we get back to sports on something that's going on in my life right now. Uh, because I, this is, and I hate to be this guy, I'm going to talk about a problem without having a solution for it. There has to be a better and more fair way for young people to apply to colleges than the one we currently have. Okay. So my daughter, my older daughter, is a senior in high school. She wants to be an actress. Uh, I fully support that. I think she's brilliant on the stage, and I think she has real talent. She's applying to, she doesn't really like when I talk about her business. She's applying to a lot of schools, dozen schools she's applying to. They're theater programs. Yeah, I'll, I'll name a few. Splying to Syracuse, where I went, Howard, Spellman, Cornell, USC, not Cornell. Uh, glad you're locked in. Appreciate that little chime in. I'll, I'll handle this part, buddy. Um, USC, I think, is where she really wants to go. That is maybe the hardest theater program to get into in the country. Gabe, did you go to USC? Okay, I thought you know for some reason I thought Gabe might have gone to USC, but he didn't. That's fine. Sorry, my apologies. Uh, he's USC fan. That's right. Um, a bunch of schools in Southern California, and like Loyola Marymount and Occidental Chapman, a bunch of those schools, and a bunch of the UC schools. She either wants to be out in California, Syracuse, or an HBCU. I'm probably leaving some out. The work. These kids have to put into these applications. Each application having not only your one long form essay, but sometimes three or four supplemental essays. Plus, if you're applying to a specialty program, and I understand it, an audition tape and this, plus the stuff that goes into SAT, ACT prep. All of these things. It doesn't. Here's what I think. And this is why I'm bringing it up. Because my daughter has amazing support structure, right? She goes to a great school mm-hmm. that has something called College Cluster, where like for seniors, they have like a period every other day where they just do college stuff. They have a great college, multiple great college counselors. She has not to sound uh, weird, but she has me. I'm good at that type of stuff. Now, she's asked me to be very hands-off on it, but I'm still there if she needs me, all of these things. And it still is so overwhelming that I am having dreams about the process each night. I can't imagine what she's going through. So now, just, just transport yourself back. You're 17 years old. You're going through all the things you go through as a teenager. You're, you're in your final stretch of high school. If you're an athlete or an actress like Dior is, you have practice or play practice or athletic practice or whatever after school until 6 o'clock. You have all these things going on. You have all your regular school responsibilities. And then you have this overwhelming weight of where you're going to get accepted into the schools to deal with. Plus, and again, like I said, For a lot of these, this is not Dior's situation. 
But for so many of these kids, it's like, and then when I get in, can I even afford it? Can, the, the applications themselves, 75, 80 bucks a rip just to apply. And so I am bringing this up not because my daughter is having a rough time. She's done a great job with it and she'll be fine even though it's overwhelming. I don't know how it's possible for young people who maybe have to work a job to help support themselves or their family that go to a school that doesn't have all these built-in advantages that Dior does, that they could ever have an application that looks anywhere close to a student that some of these, some of these kids at my daughter's school, they hire someone not to tutor them on the SAT or ACT, but hire someone to help like tutor them on the application. Right. If not do the application, I'm not, it, it just feels like it, it the attempt to, you know, create the best higher education situation for our young people possible has turned into another instance where the deck is so incredibly stacked against poor kids. And that's been my big takeaway on this is that we always say like, you know, pull yourself by the bootstraps and, and, you know, do good in school and you can do, but you know, you can overcome your circumstances. I don't know how a teenager without massive support, massive financial means is going to be able to, the vast majority that is, have what is essentially your life's long resume measure up to kids who are in such easier situations. And it just strikes me as, I, again, like I said, I don't have a solution. This is a problem without a solution. My gut feeling is, I think the best way to do the college application process would be similar to how it was done for when my mom, now we're going way back, when my mom was applying to schools, which is you went and talked to somebody. You had a sit-down interview. It's half hour long. They looked at your grades and it was, it, you had that human interaction and they had smart people determining, okay, are, are you a product? Like you, you had great grades, but was your degree of difficulty zero? You had tough grades, but were you working jobs, helping with kids, doing, you know, doing these things? It just strikes me as the moment our young people get out into the real world, it already has been stacked, the haves and the have-nots. And I have felt, honestly, a little guilty, even though I want nothing but what's best for my daughter, that she she's in the haves category and there are going to be kids that maybe are just as good or better applicants that are in the call it the have nots category and their application's going to look going to pale in comparison so again i th- i think there are some parents listening or young people that just went through it that are watching that it, that understand and empathize with what i'm talking about i know this was this is not usually what we do on this show but it has been 30 some hours a week for Diora for the last month 
plus school, plus play practice, plus everything else going on in her life. And I just don't know how, you know, folks that don't necessarily have the resources that she has do it. So nothing but, you know, respect and admiration for them, but there's got to be a better way to do it. And then for the, if you do it all correctly, that the big prize at the end is probably $200,000 of debt strikes me as pretty crazy. And I, again, I don't have the solution, but I know the way we're doing it right now can't be the best way possible. All right, back to the show. What are we doing now? Well, spoken, uh, we got <clears throat> Mavs Nets. We get to watch our other son, Luka Doncic, play tonight. Hey, by the way, can I ask you a question? Because you text me because you bet Luka first basket yep. and you won it. Yep. And the text you sent me, I'm going to try to look it up. You your said your, your other son. And I read that coming from you. And I was like, you know, I've never asked Demonte. Does it bother you that I call someone else my kid? I think it's weird that you're just now asking me that. But um, Okay, well, I, listen, better late than never. Does it bother you? I don't know. You, um, oh, that means it does. No, I don't think it's 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 not a. I really don't take any offense to Luca. Doesn't know who you are. Okay, well, I mean, I raised him. So, <laughs> so let's. So let's. No, honestly, if, no. If it, anybody, it if anybody should know, if there were like some guy that wasn't in the NBA that you were calling your other son, that I'd would be like, yeah. Then it's like, all right, bro, okay, but. all right, that's fair. <laughs> I get it. Uh, if it were. Just like some like aspiring sportscaster yeah, yeah, exactly. that I've like, like taken under my wing and I'm like, hey, here are my two sons. That would right. bother you. Okay, that's fair. Uh, you think because he's in the NBA and people don't believe that he's my actual large adult no. Slovenian son. No, I don't think that it's that they don't believe it. I just think it's like uh, it's like me telling my girlfriend that I have a crush on Beyonce or like she's my other. I, I got you. Okay. It's like, you know. All right, I got what you. What are you going to do? All right, fair enough. All right, go ahead. Uh, Luke has been a wrecking ball, putting up massive numbers through these few, through these th first three games. Yeah. The Nets are in disarray and can't stop anything defensively. Is this the making of a 50-piece for Luka tonight? Oh, I don't think he's going to score 50. But uh, last night, the total for Giannis points mm -hmm. pregame was 32 and a half. And I hammered the over. It's my first NBA bet of the year. And I and he had nine in the first half and finished with 43. The Nets are on a back-to-back. -back. I think here's what I would say. I think Luca will have at least 28. I'm calling it right now. 28 feels low. What I was going to say is 50 combined points, rebounds, points, assists. Okay. I think Luca has 32. Nine and thirteen, yeah. That these hitting open shooters, and I think that. Listen, I said the Mavs have not been great, but I said before the year I thought they were going to have the best offense in NBA history, and they're pacing towards it. I think their offense is going to be unstoppable. We'll see how the Nets react to last night. I know they thought they got an unfair whistle. We talked to the Nets at the beginning of the show. We didn't talk about Steve Nash losing his mind. Yeah, Steve Nash going crazy on the refs. They they really didn't like the whistle. I like Steve Nash after. getting ejected, though. Shows a little bit of fight. KD seemed to like it. KD yeah. seemed to appreciate it. It would have been nice if the Nets showed some fight afterwards. But they right. chose, you know, they can't be asked. The Nets, they've done so much winning. and They've accomplished so much. It's hard for them to get up for these regular season games. <laughs> All right. What game are we playing? We are playing Dr. Right today. I yeah. don't have my stethoscope. See, don't. they did send you a stethoscope, didn't they? 
They did not send me a stethoscope. I was just making a little joke. I'm just, it's just from the image. Gabe yeah. is convinced. And I'm did. not, and it's you that has the stuff on. It's not even me. I know. <laughs> so, but Gabe is convinced they did. Matt says they didn't. I think they did. You're adamant that you've never worn that ever. That you. I, I feel like if there was a, if there were doctor's equipment that was sent to me through Amazon, if mm-hmm. I opened it, there's no chance that I forget that I opened up a package and you're, with doctor equipment in it. You're convinced. Hold on. That you've never on one of the shows worn any doctor stuff. Okay, guys, our loyal listeners, type in the chat. We th- th- you do it. Do it as a questionnaire. All right. Yeah. A um, questionnaire. Yeah. So but, you're convinced that we can't find footage of you I'm, wearing any doctor stuff. Hundred percent. I've had okay. a gavel and a wig. Okay. And a whiteboard one time. Demonze says he's a hundred percent. All right, before the end of the show, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're, we're going to get to the bottom of it. This Gabe, is so crazy. Gabe, go ahead. It's a Gabe, Gabe jumping in. Uh, Kara, the boss. Kara, our boss, Kara, yeah. Confirms we did not send it. Wow. Really? Gabe there was... There you go, guys. You don't have to go strolling through the old episodes. Gabe was as convinced as I was. Which that, is insane. Like, am I just like a liar or, or no, is I, my brain that far? I didn't think you were lying intentionally. Thought- I did think you had forgotten okay. that we had worn it once months ago and you had forgotten. That's what I thought. But and Gabe did as well. But Kara's the boss the it's and the it's the wig and the gavel. OK. All right. Next. Or, so oh, we are playing again. Dr. Wright. Yes. Our first patient, Dr. Wright. Russell Wilson is showing signs of clinical insanity on the Broncos flight to London doing high knees for four hours up and down the aisles while his teammates were trying to sleep. Yeah. If the Broncos lose. Changes have to be made. Dr. Wright, will leaving Coach Hackett in London cure Russ's case of insanity? Okay. The absolutely no, it wouldn't. That's first of all. There's no chance it would cure. There's no fixing Russ. No. I also, I'm going to add a take here and then we'll get back to Russ. I said they should consider firing Hackett after week two. I absolutely would not fire him no matter what they do the rest of the year. Here's why. They their only path next season, their most obvious path, I should say, is Sean Payton. Sean Payton, hire him, quarterback whisperer, did great things with Drew Brees. Even when Drew Brees was old and cooked, he still made it work. Russ and Drew Brees, stylistically, incredibly similar players, same size, all of it. The reason I wouldn't fire Hackett is you need when you are trying to convince Sean Payton to take that job, to be able to say, Russ is fine. The coach was awful. You need a fall guy. If you fire Hackett and then Russ is still terrible, how does any good coach want that job when you are tied to Russ for the next six years? So I wouldn't fire Hackett. Now on Russ. I. It's one thing to do this on the airplane. It is another thing entirely. Do you know how the media found out, Demonte? His teammates? Russ told them. Oh, yeah, Russ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russ at the press conference told them. Yeah. It, it, the lack, so here's the thing. In the NFL, at the quarterback position, there are two ways to be a leader. And hopefully you have both of them, but you've got to have at least one of them. 
Right. By the way, are you okay? Dude, my neck is like... I, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Dr. You need actual Dr. Right. Demonze is like net just stiffened up mid-show. No, I can see it. Uh, All right. There's two ways to be a leader. Be such a great player. People have no choice but to follow. Peyton Manning is an example. Be so charismatic or cool, people want to follow. Joe Burrow. Cam Newton. Yeah. Those are examples. The <laughs> best ones are both. For a time, Tom Brady was that. Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is that right yeah. now. Lamar has been that at various times in his career. The worst ones are neither. Kyler Murray. Yeah. Big Ben his last few years. Big Ben was never super charisma guy, but he was awesome. Then he started stinking, and he still was not charisma leader, cool guy. Nobody want to follow him. Jay Cutler, his whole career. Russ was always corny, but he used to be great. Now he's somehow more corny and terrible. No one's going to follow that, and it's a big problem. It's a big do I think Russ statistically? I mean, his this teammate year, backed him up on Twitter. Yeah, because like, they, the, they got no choice. But this is just a you know a fruit of the same poisonous tree. You remember the video of him early in the year demanding guys who aren't playing yell run or pass while they're watching the game. Maybe you didn't see it. It's so bad. Uh, what? It's when the Broncos are on defense. He wanted everyone on the sideline to, to shout. It's going to be a run play or a pass. Exactly play? right. And when they weren't doing it, he started chastising them. Oh, and crap. it's just these these are <laughs> things like you just can't have. And if you're going to do that, you've got to be great. And instead, he's been terrible. And the whole thing's a disaster there. There's no fixing it. Next. All right, Dr. Wright. Second case we have here. Bad teams tanking for Victor Wimbanyama have a bad case of the wins. If we don't administer an injection of losses, the lottery odds will rapidly decrease. Yeah. Dr. Wright, what do you advise the Blazers, Spurs, and Jazz do to get back off track? Well, I, listen, I think the Blazers are actually going to try to be good. I think the 4-0 yeah. with Dame playing that level, they're not tanking. The idea behind them tanking was if Dame still looks compromised from the injury he had last year, right. the, the, the Blazers are not going to tank. Well, Dame would be pissed. No, he'd be upset. <laughs> yeah. and, but it was, you know, he was hurt last year, and you know, right. they're not going to tank. The Jazz might need to trade for us. Conley and Jordan Clarkson for Russ. And because the Jazz might have accidentally built a decent roster. The Spurs don't have to do anything differently. They're going to stop winning. <laughs> the Spurs are going to end up being terrible. They, they, that, there I'm not, them I'm not worried about. The Jazz are more competent than they wanted to be. And they got all those players from the Rudy Gobert deal. And they're realizing what Minnesota's realizing, which is Rudy Gobert is fool's gold. So losing him doesn't even hurt you that much. Right. And gaining him in Minnesota didn't help you that much. So the Spurs are going to tank. The Jazz might need to make a move, and the Blazers don't want to tank. Next. All right, Dr. Wright. The 76ers are showing signs of te- uh, showing signs of a team chemistry imbalance. They started the season off 0-3, then they finally beat the Pacers. And then they lost again last night, 1-4. Yep. Worst start to a season for them in five or six years. Yep. Dr. Wright, what is the issue? I mean, I'm sorry. Is the issue the patients or the doctor? 
Well, so the doctor, meaning Doc, Doc Rivers. Rivers. Um, right now it's a little bit of both. This is the team I picked to win the East. And what is concerning for them is their Harden is fully healed from that hamstring injury finally. And it's better and than what he seemed to be last year. Way better. Right. And they still stink. So I'm going to give the Sixers some time, but Daryl won't stand pat. And they have moves they can make, whether that's trading players or firing Doc. Uh, a lot of people thought they would fire Doc two years ago or last year. They didn't. A lot of people thought they were going to fire Doc last year. They did not. They've got to turn this around quickly because the Celtics are playing great and the Bucs are playing great. Now, the Nets are in just as much disarray. Right. The Celtics and Bucks are for real. The Sixers need to get together. All right, last. All right, Dr. Wright. The 49ers seem to be in perfect physical health with all pros and first-rounders at every key offensive position. You would think that they would have at least at least been competitive with the Chiefs. Instead, they are now three and four, and we can't figure out what the problem is with this patient. Yeah. Dr. Wright, what is your diagnosis for the 49ers? I think they're going to be just fine. I think that keep doing what you're doing. You're already getting healthier. The Falcons' loss was due to the fact that seven of your defensive starters were out. The Chiefs' loss was due to the fact that Mahomes played a perfect football game and Jimmy G kneecapped you on the one-yard line. I mean, Jimmy G, this is an unbelievable stat. In the last 30 years in the NFL, there have been 28 instances, so just under one a year, of a quarterback throwing a pick, losing a fumble, and getting safetyed in the same game. 28 times in 30 years it's happened. Two of those are Jimmy G this month. <laughs> That's the, the Broncos game he did it, yeah. and then this Chiefs game he did it. Listen, they are the best thing they have going for them is the division that they're in. And that defense is top three defense in the league, a first team all pro left tackle, and a first round pick at right tackle, a first team all pro at wide receiver in Debo, and a first round pick in the other wide receiver in Brandon Ayuk, a first, a first team all pro at tight end, and a first team all pro at running back now with McCaffrey. I think the Niners are an incredibly dangerous team. They're obviously limited at quarterback. This is why I thought it was so crazy. The whole world, whole sports world was like, oh, they're better now that Trey Lance is hurt. No, they're not. They have a clear ceiling with Jimmy G at quarterback, but that ceiling is good enough because of the defense and the skill guys still be a super dangerous team. I wouldn't change anything in San Francisco except for the quarterback, but you can't change the quarterback right now. You just got to wait. All right. We will answer your questions live in the chat and debut our book club. That's all next. 60 second break. What's right? Live on YouTube. With Factors, delicious, ready to eat meals, you will be eating stress free this spring. Each meal is chef crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved. More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp. Restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up. 
delivered right to your doorstep. And if you need to change your deliveries, you can pause or reschedule whenever you like. Factor is your solution for fast and premium meals. Also, for the month of April, Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. So, what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. All right, welcome back in episode 87, What's Right, Nick Wright. Uh, So we decided that we're going to do a monthly book club on this show. So this is going to be our book for the month of December, or month of November, pardon me, E.H. Gombrich's A Little History of the World. And I realized, because I've never done a book club, that we're supposed to be like, so up to the next week, we'll get to page whatever. I didn't do that. So here's... You didn't do that. Where are you at in it? Page 15. Okay. That's, I mean, that's not great, it's like, but it's not it's terrible. Like five chapters. Well, the chapters are like three pages long in this book, buddy. It's what I said uh, still stands. Okay, you're right. So the book is 270 pages. So by this time next week, let's all plan to be uh, through chap up to chapter 14, which starts on page 80. Sweet. So let's. So I'm going to give people who are maybe ambivalent on joining the book club a little taste of where of the first few chapters. So it is literally just a chronological history of the world in bite-sized fashion. So the second chapter, he discusses that you've got to think about prehistory before history. And some of the lines are, I'm going to read you a few. Isn't it an amazing thought that one day a prehistoric man or woman must have realized that meat from wild animals was easier to chew if it was first held over a fire and roasted, and that one day someone actually discovered how to make fire? Do you realize what that actually means? Uh, then he goes on, tools must have been invented by someone too. And then he goes on, uh, do you know what else the cavemen invented? They invented talking. I mean, having real conversations with each other using words. They invented something else that was wonderful too, pictures. So his point is, we don't think about this, but the greatest inventors ever were the very first people. Yeah. Because, and he ends it with, so just once in a while, while we're talking or eating some bread, using tools or warming ourselves by the fire, we should remember those early people with gratitude, for they were the greatest inventors of all time. And then he gets right into the first civilization, the Egyptians. And he writes about King Chop. I don't know if it's Cheops or Chops, who, this is 2500 BC. So this is 4,500 years ago. And he wanted a great tomb. And that great tomb is the Great Pyramid. The, the pyramid that the Great Pyramid of Chops, the one that you see standing to this day, was built by the first true civilization 4,500 years ago. Also, the, he talks about how in the Egyptian religion, certain animals were sacred, cats, which is why they built the Sphinx, the pyramid that has the cat face worried. on the top. Uh, and they, they, I mean, this is. There's also a little section in there where they said, like, the cavemen and the guys that used to draw in the caves. Mm-hmm. 
they think that there was a chance that they would draw the things on the cave to make them appear because like what reason did they have to do that they thought if they drew it it would do it some would, magic it would show up spawn a cat yeah or whatever a whatever they were hunting for or whatever i found that really interesting so and then so then the next chapter is about mesopotamia and this is really interesting it says unlike egypt mesopotamia was ruled by just one king and not did any single empire survive long within the frontiers of mesopotamia uh, but one of those first kings was Hammurabi, who made the first ever code of laws. That's where eye for an eye comes from. Uh -oh. You know, the uh, and that was 1700 BC. So we're talking nearly 4,000 years ago. But this was the part of the Mesopotamia chapter that I found the most interesting. So I'm going to read you a section from it quickly. In those days, people thought the earth was a flat disk and the sky was sort of a hollow sphere cupped over the earth that turned over it once a day. So it must have seemed miraculous to them that although most of the stars stayed fixed to the heavens, some seemed, as it, were, as it were, loosely fastened and able to move about. Today we know that those stars that are close to us and that they turn with the earth around the sun are not stars at all. They are called planets. Because you can see uh, Mars and Jupiter. You can see it. But the ancient Babylonians and Assyrians couldn't know that and they thought some strange magic must lie behind it. They gave a name to each wandering star and observed them constantly, convinced they were powerful beings whose position influenced the destinies of men, and that by studying them, they'd be able to predict the future. The belief in the stars has a name, a Greek name, astrology. So people still believe in that today. Some planets were believed to be, this is the amazing part, believed to br bring good luck, others misfortune. Mars meant war. Venus meant love. To each of the five planets known, they dedicated a day. What about Mercury? Is there anything about Mercury in there? Well, I'm well, Not in here, but yes, there would be something. But listen to this part. To each of the five planets known to them, they dedicated a day. And with the sun and the moon, that made seven days. That is the origin of our seven-day week. In English, we still call Saturn Day, Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, the moon's day, Monday, but the other named after different gods. In other languages, such as French or Italian, most of the days of the week still belong to the planets that the Babylonians nearly 4,000 years ago named. So to this day, we call Saturday, Saturday, because it was named after Saturn. Yeah. And Sunday, Sunday, because it was named after the sun. And Monday, Moon Day, well, Monday because it was yeah. named after the moon. That's amazing. They were really those guys. That's amazing. Uh, then there is a chapter that I'm going to, you know, our producers asked me today if I wanted to talk about uh, Donda Sports and Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown leaving that after Kanye's just insane tour of hatred continues unending. Uh, and I said, I, I don't really want to. We got other stuff. I knew I was going to do the college thing and I was going to do this. You keep mostly with sports. But I do want to say this. So uh, I know a lot of people think I'm Jewish because of my nose. I'm not Jewish. Uh, my grandfather was, however. I was raised Roman Catholic and now I, I'm not really a religious person. But the fifth chapter is about the origin of the Jewish people who were kind of the first people to believe in one God and one God only instead of a bunch of gods. and. It talks about all the different disasters and the persecution of them uh, 
for, you know, thousands of years. And is that going through all of that made a lot of the Jewish people of that time even more devout? And then I found this super interesting. Uh, So the Persians eventually kind of ran roughshod over everybody. And when they got to, uh, let me get this right. Uh, So King Nebuchadnezzar of the Persians went to Egypt and, uh, and, let me get this right. I apologize. I want to read this directly. Uh, The mighty Babylonian warrior, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, on his way to war with the Egyptians, he marched through the promised land where he destroyed Jerusalem in 586 BC, put out the eyes of King Zedekiah, and led the Jews in captivity to Babylon. They remained there for 50 years until the Babylonian Empire was destroyed by the Persians in 538 BC, and the Persians freed them. That tiny remnant of people that called itself chosen poured night and day over the sacred songs and scriptures as they tried to understand why the one and only God allowed his people to suffer. There's then a chapter about who invented reading, and it's the Phoenicians because they were uh, they, they were seafarers and they needed to be able to sell their goods. And then, and this part is really unbelievable, we get to, and we're only at page 30, the story of the Persians and the Greeks, which you're like, oh, I actually knew some of this from the movie 300. And it's and it the numbers obviously three hundreds of fictional depiction, but it's really fascinating. That's only thirty pages in, so we will get to page eighty next week. I will have a better idea. I'm going to listen to someone else's book club because I don't know if you could tell from this. I don't really know what I'm doing on how we're supposed to do a book club. But the first thirteen patches chapters get us to page eighty. I recommend everyone read it. We'll do it more efficiently next week. All right, Demonte, time now for some questions. All right. You ready? Or did your doc crash again? No, it changed up. Okay. ASMR 365 there. Is- ASMR 365. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh Oh, there. no, it's, yeah, just that. What? Is, there is absolutely no way Demanzi is interested in any of this. Well, we don't know that. You um, might be. You might be. Let's just see how it goes. Go really on. It's funny. He says, we don't know that, as if I'm not Demanzi. Okay, fair enough. Go ahead. What, else, what, what else do we have book. here? You, you um, read 15 pages of the 15, book, but you'll catch up. Go ahead. And I actually had some input. Um, uh, Juicy Beats Co. asks, mm-hmm. what does Demonte have to do to catch and surpass Luca in your heart? No, stop Probably that. I'm not in. This book. I'm, yeah, you know what? That would be a good start. <laughs> that would be a good start. Next. Uh, Joe, we got Justin, Justin Pender asks, who gets traded first? Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, or Damian Lillard? It's definitely, oh, it's definitely Russ. Yeah. Dame's not going to get traded. Right. And Simmons is going to be very, very difficult to trade because he has so much lo- more loan on his contract. He's three more years after this. Copy. Russ is an expiring deal. Somebody will want Russ in the picks. I don't know that anyone is going to sign up for Ben in that contract. All right, next. All right, Ben asks, if Andy Reid wins two Super Bowls over the next five years and retires, does he, does, does he have credible goat coach case? He would be three and nine. So he would be three of the last nine Super Bowls. No, he would have won three, uh, three of nine Super Bowls that he's been in. No, no, no. Yeah. You're right. You've yeah. got it right. Yeah, three of the last nine Super Bowls with goat level, goat level quarterback plus fifteen other, fifteen other years high level NFL success. No, I, listen. 
I don't think he's going to be able to, anyone that's currently mm-hmm. coaching is not going to be able to surpass Belichick, but he'll have a case for top five all time. Okay. He'll have a case for top five all time, I think, without question. All right, next. Nick Ash, Nick DeMonze, what is your favorite sports movie of all time? He got game for me. Favorite sports movie? The Longest Yard's pretty interesting. You're talking about the remake, the one with Sam? The one with Adam Sam. Oh, it's oh yeah, there's like an old one. Yeah, there's an old one with Burt Reynolds. Oh yeah. Um my favorite sports movie. I really like Tin Cup. I really like Tin Cup. It's a golf movie. But it's really a love story, but it's a great movie. I'm not a big sports movie guy. I've never like I'm not really into like Field of Dreams, Hoosiers, those movies. Okay. Uh does Rocky do the Rocky. the Rockies count? Sports. Then Rocky. I mean, the okay. Rocky Creed was very good, but Rocky one through four are pretty outstanding movies. All right, next. All right, Jose asks or says, Nick, on the gambling show, you were dunking on Victor for picking against the Jags. What do you have to say for yourself? Save about? it for tomorrow. Gambling shows tomorrow. We're not talking about it today. Another two and three week for me. Next. All right, Joshua says, I could see Nick as a guy who gets one line then gets blasted. If he was in Star Wars, if he was in Star Wars, that is. Okay. Star Wars. Well, I think that might have been a cocaine joke that the I guy thought was so making. too. That was uh, which uh, is not on my menu. I, I would take that, though. I would take getting in Star Wars and then somebody lightsabers me in half or something. Here's the thing, and this is what works against me. And my ability to actually get in Star Wars. I've never seen any of them. Me neither. Dude. Yo. Mm -hmm. This isn't inappropriate. I matched with this girl on Tinder like two months ago, Mm -hmm. right? And like in her bio, she had, uh, she said Transformers or Harry Potter. As like like a question? Yes. And she was like, right answers. Oh, it's Harry Potter, not Star Wars. And I chose Transformers. And, like, it was a real deal breaker. Like, she actually did not talk to me because I chose Well, that's why she put that out there. She's a Harry Potter fan. Did she write it? What do you mean? Did she write the movie? Yeah, like, what? No, but I think that does. You know what? I actually think that's smart. Here's the thing. You wouldn't have gotten along with her. If there's someone, I think that is a good way if you're trying to figure out how compatible are we. If someone is, my guess is she really likes Harry Potter and doesn't like Transformers at all. And so if your answer is, I don't know anything about Harry Potter, seems whack, and I enjoyed Transformers, you guys aren't going to have that much in common. All right, I, there's one more question to read. N- Nick asks Demonze, have you been chewing a piece of gum this entire podcast? And that Nick is m- this Nick, and I'm asking that Demonze. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? This? I know what's you asking me. Yeah. Uh, oh, you are asking. It's not even on there. Correct. All right, copy. No, it's the second piece of gum. Been two. I'm angrier than I was when I when you forgot your AirPods last week. You literally told me to go get the gum from the the, the store. Yes, I didn't say to. I, you said I'm not. You said you thought you needed to freshen your breath. So I said you were like, does anyone have a mint? I was like, no, but they have gum next door. I thought you would chew it and spit it out. We're broadcasting, man. We're, we're people. We're we're performing. Wait, that's is that a thing? Yeah, of course it's a thing. You have something in your mouth obstructing your tongue. 
No, it's not. I wouldn't say it's obstructing. Well, I wouldn't say it's helping. And I also haven't been chewing in the mic. Nobody's heard me chewing. It's not the chewing in the mic, which I don't know if they ever haven't heard. You guys back me up here. No, I don't think I think, you know what? Show the control room. I think they are totally on my side here. They were. Yeah, look, they're disappointed in you. I think Victor is disappointed in you. No, no. Oh, in, in my shoes. Did you say in my kicks? No. What did you say? No, they're not. They're, you're I like your hat, Vic. Okay. All right. Well, as always, we're ending on a bang. Uh, great job otherwise today. Thanks, man. Gabe, I appreciate you watching. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed. Disappointed that I've been chewing a piece of gum. Yeah, I mean, you know, at this point in your broadcasting career, I thought you'd I thought you'd know better. But hey, that's my you know what? You know what? Luca There's, wouldn't have done this. No, that's not what I was gonna say. There's no <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does what did Giannis say? There's no losses, just lessons. There's, we've now learned, and this is ultimately all gone. Eighty what episodes? Eighty now? some episodes without chewing gum. Decided on episode eighty-seven. Let me break out some gum. Maybe maybe next week you eat a eat a turkey <laughs> sub during the show. Who knows? Tune in tomorrow for the gambling show to find out what's right.